The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show, the after show. It's Wednesday, and it's the after show. And... The show went quick. Yeah. Saturday. <laughs> and um, we wanted to get to this, but there was no time. So we'll save it for the after show. This is the contest we ran on the Cigar Authority, which was we listed 15 different manufacturers, and they said what their first paying job was. So we're going to go through it. The winner, if they got all 15 correct, was going to be an all-expense-paid trip to New Hampshire to go to two guys' 35th anniversary party, which is in September. I don't remember the date. But you haven't told me the date yet. Really? Let me see if I have it. I know the tickets will go on sale on the first Monday of, of May, but it is September 16th, Wednesday, September 16th. And if they matched all 15 correct, it was airfare and hotel in a VIP ticket to the anniversary party, which is a $325 uh, ticket, along with the airfare and hotel from wherever you lived in the continental USA. But if we had no winner that got all 15 correct, we would get all the people that got it correct with the same amount and then put them in a fishbowl and pull a winner out, and that winner would win a VIP ticket. But... Your, your airline and hotel is all up to you. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess fortunately for me and unfortunately for anybody out there, nobody got all 15 correct. Um, I was expecting uh, more correct. We got a couple of hundred people that entered. And um, how many did we have, Barry? How many uh, got co- how many correct? Six correct. Six correct was the winner. Was the winner. And we had two different people. Got six correct. Everybody else was five or less. Uh, there was one person with five and a lot of people with three or less. Wow. And anybody with zero? A lot. A lot of people with none. Fifteen things in, fi- in 15. And, and I, th- I thought some of them were slam dunks here, but apparently not. Well, slam dunks, You, I would say if you had played some sort of audio track that didn't have the person's name and just said what their first job was and did that, it might be a little easier. Yeah, but we kind of did that last time, recognize the voice. You yeah, know? which didn't go well either. I don't think that people didn't get all of those either, but... Um, uh, we're going to announce the winner now. I well, let's let's play it all in with with them giving the answer. So if you participated, you're going to hear what your answers are now. So let's all play right, it all. Right, let's do it. 
Hey, Cigar Authority. This is Carson Serino with the Serino Cigar Company, and I'm here with my father, uh, Tony Serino. First paying job was actually with APS Distributors for my father. This is Christian Eiroa from CLE Cigars. We make Asylum Cigars, we make CLE, and we make the Eiroa Cigars. My first paying job, I had a few different kinds of jobs. First one, I was about eight, nine years old. I was doing the fermentation of Honduras. But really, my first job where I actually got a salary, it was working cargo or the uh, luggage for Taka Airlines out of Miami International Airport. I, I was there for five days. They paid me like 900-something dollars. And when I was 16 years old, that was a ton of money. And I never, I retired. I had made so much money. Eric Newman, president of J.C. Newman Cigar Company. My first paying job was as a camp counselor at Camp Sequoia in Weaverville, North Carolina. I had 14, 13-year-olds in my cabin, and I was 19. They're like my little brothers. They were the greatest group of kids I ever had. We went camping together, hiking together, told stories together. Uh, it was a great bonding experience. My first paying job, I got paid $300 for the summer, which is $30 a week, but also included room and board. So I did the math. I don't even know what that math is because theoretically you were responsible for them 24-7, so it's probably just pennies on the hour. But I loved every moment of it. My name is Eric Wentworth with Hammer and Sickle Cigars and Vodka. My first paying job was carpentry with my father. So my name is George Padron. I'm the president of Padron Cigars. So what was my first job? Uh, my first job was actually working at Padron Cigars. You know, not a very high-paying job, but, uh, you know, used to do all the errands, be the gopher boy in the office uh, for all the people that would, I would go get Cuban coffee, uh, do bundles of cigars, whatever I needed to do, I would do. And that was uh, basically how, we, how it worked at Padron Cigars with the family. <laughs> Hello, Glenn Case, Christoph Cigars. Oh, my first paying job. My friend, amazing. It was at a pizza place in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. I was just like the front guy ordering and taking orders and, and flipping pizzas. So that was my first job. This is J.R. Dominguez from Jose Dominguez Cigars. My first job was when I was eight years old. It was sweeping the floors of warehouse number two at my dad's cigar factory and making tobacco beds. That's how I earned my uh, allowance to go to school and buy lunch every day. My name is Justo Roa, Jerry Tobacco. We have uh, Aladino, Rancho Luna, and Tadascan, our, our lines, our, our basic lines, and I'm happy to be here. First paying job, actually doing yards uh, when I was in high school. Dude, did a lot of lawns, so I did I did that over uh, on, on the weekends. Also at the uh, Perfecto Garcia factory during high school. Hi, Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars. How you guys doing? So my first paying job when I was 11 years old, I used to deliver papers for the Miami Herald, and I ended up becoming salesman of the quarter and of the year doing that, and I did that till I was 13 years old. So that was my first job. Hi, this is Rocky Patel from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. My first paying job was uh, I was a sophomore in high school, and I was working at Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. Hi, I'm Scott Weeks with Iconic Leaf Cigar. We make the Recluse Cigars. My first paying job was at a Sam Bo's restaurant as a busboy and dishwasher. That's kind of like a Shoney's restaurant, but worse. 
And I worked there until I had to clean the deck drains out, and I pulled a deck drain, and about a thousand cockroaches came out and ran all over the restaurant, and that's when I dropped my apron and got the hell out of it. Hi, this is Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. My first paying job. It's actually an odd one. I actually got a job at a CPA's office rewriting software to translate out of an old COBOL system into VisiCalc so he could move all of his customer files over. And I got that job, I think, that was my first job. I was like about 15. This is Tony Serino with APS Distributors and Serino Cigar Company. My first paying job was with Serino's Italian Frozen Foods. This is Terrence Riley from Aganorsa Leaf. My first paying job was a newspaper delivery boy. So this is Tony Gomez with uh, La Florida Dominicana Cigars. So my first paying job was actually at a Pizza Hut. And uh, I think I started when I was about 16 in high school. And I wanted to buy an iPod. So I got a job at Pizza Hut. Here we go. Uh, I got a couple of comments about this. Yeah. Uh, number one, I think that Glenn Case was probably fired early from his job <laughs> because if you flip a pizza, you'll ruin it. <laughs> uh, number two, interesting that J.R. Dominguez, you would think that your parents providing lunch for you would be free, <laughs> but not at the Domin Dominguez's. Oh, no. You earn work it. in the factory. You earn it. Or you don't eat lunch. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Brilliant. Nice. What was your first paying job? My first paying job paid 50 cents an hour, and I worked construction with my dad, getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. He paid you 50 cents. He paid me 50 cents an hour. So working with your dad, that, that, that helping your dad out, I think. This is... was not helping my dad out. I was one of the guys. I was, I, it, it was made clear to me early on when I made the mistake of saying to somebody, you know, my dad owns the company. And my dad was like, you are lower than whale shit. You don't talk to anybody. You shut up. You do what they tell you to do. He makes $12 an hour. You make 50 cents an hour. You're the bitch. Now go get the two by fours and restack them. They didn't even need to be restacked. He just made me do it. But how about a real job? That it's probably Papagino's. Yeah? Yeah. So pizzeria. Yeah. Fast, I eventually worked my way up where I, could, I was the third pizza maker. If the second guy called in sick and it was his day, I could make pizza. Was a big which, deal, which is huge, huge. <laughs> then you moved on. I to worked. Fries, the, I worked. And that's where the big money comes in. <laughs> How about you, Barry? Uh, I worked at a J and R Pizzeria in Brooklyn, New York. Pizzeria. Uh, worked as the, at the counter at first, making the dough down in the basement, cutting the cheese in the basement as Cut well. I've been cutting, cutting the cheese there in the whole show. <laughs> yeah, you know, put, put it in uh, the the thing that turned it into the string cheese and yeah. what have you. And on Fridays and Saturdays, it was so busy, I would make pizzas. Nice. How about you, Ed? They had it easy. My first job was in a textile mill. Ah. It wasn't during the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> no. you, you could probably guess where it was at Malden Mills. Ah, all right. Remember, they were making sure. Polar Tech. Yeah, the fleece. Old. Yeah, but I had Sunday morning, you show up at 6 a.m., work till 3, cleaning out industrial machinery you know sort of the size of rooms and you got to walk around in there it was, hope they don't turn it on it was the dirtiest job yeah. you can imagine i did like uh um terrence riley newspaper delivery uh eight years old you know what i i did have a paper route i didn't even consider that all right well because i was make i made way more as a paper route guy <laughs> than working for my dad but that was like vacation 
I was I made well I'm older than you anyway but three dollars a week is what I got I didn't have to do Sunday papers uh, at the beginning it was just a regular Monday through Saturday thing and then come home and then go to school and that was at eight and then it went on from there and it, it's never stopped it's never stopped it's never stopped I was doing 350 cash a week and I used the money to buy season tickets for the Islanders. They didn't have a license yet. I was 16 years old. I used to steal my dad's car to go see the games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you didn't have a license? Didn't have a license. And when he finally found out, he wasn't mad that I was stealing the car. He was mad that I never took him to a game. <laughs> so some of these people, you got Christian Aroa who made $900 a week. He retired. After the first week, he made 900 I'm done. I would never stop. <laughs> I would have never stopped, especially as a young kid. Um, I'm not. I wasn't surprised at camp counselor for Eric Newman. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and um, Eric Wentworth, I know he said it on the show before that he was a carpenter and built stairways and things like that. You, so you could have guessed the Steve Saka one too. I think. Yeah, uh, imagine your first job is computer programming, your first job ever. <laughs> but a lot of people nowadays, they go into their first job. You know, we as young kids, we always had to have jobs as little kids, right? Yeah. No on the, on the, uh, the thing that we had online, more people picked Steve Soccer as working at a pizzeria than anything else. Really? Well, Talk about he typecasting. Looks <laughs> yeah. He can make a meatball, I'll tell you that. Um, Rocky Patel, how about Rocky Patel and Arthur... Treaches Fish and Chips. You remember that place? Mm -hmm. I remember it. That was a chain. You don't remember. No. Yeah. There used to be one in Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn back in the day. But imagine there is young Rocky Patel working in the thing, taking orders for fish and chips and stuff, and then became Rocky Patel later on. I think he was Rocky Patel then, too. He just didn't have yes. the name recognition. <laughs> and I say no surprise to Nick Perdomo of uh, he's doing- Salesman in the quarter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is unbelievable. And I believe every bit of that, that he was the top guy selling newspapers and the top guy uh, doing all the things that he ended up doing. You know, I, I think some of them were, it was interesting. It was an interesting thing, but uh, we have to pick a winner now. When we yeah, have to, which we did. We, we okay. picked the winner. and uh, So there were two, two people, possibilities, but only one can win. And that person is? Uh, his first name begins with the letter J. And his last name is Lay, James Lay from Richmond Hill, Georgia. You're really good at this. And subtle. I started it with a J because the other guy, his name begins with a J too. Uh, but uh, James Lay is the winner, Richmond Hill, Georgia. James Lay uh, in Georgia. It's a long way to travel to come up for our anniversary party. But pe we'll, we'll people show, come from further away than they that. They do. We'll show you a good time if you want to come. If you don't, but you'll reach out to him on Monday. I will reach out to him on uh, on Monday. Yeah. They ask him. He listens to the show every week. I'm sure you'll hear this on Wednesday. Yeah, maybe we make him wait till Wednesday. <laughs> oh, wait till yeah, to yeah, wait till Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Wait till Thursday. Because actually nobody hears us right now yet. No. Yeah. All right. So Thursday. Call him on Thursday. And maybe somebody calls him up and let him know. Uh, nobody James, hears this. James on Wednesday. I'm sure he'll listen to it and uh, he'll reach out to me before I reach out to him. Okay. And that will be for uh, the anniversary party is Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. Um, and you'll get a whole bunch of cigars, like 20 cigars. And uh, sit down dinner, and then we'll have a little contest where you're part of. So it's a live ticket. This is legit. Li live legit ticket. You could win thirty-five thousand dollars for filling out a survey on the Cigar Authority. <laughs> That's right. That's well, it's all a quiz, not a survey. But, but yeah. also, 
this is a non-transferable. I'm not going to give this to my buddy Tom or whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be. It's you. If it's going to be you, and if it's not going to be you, let us know so we don't have a, a empty seat sitting there with your name on it, VIP and all that. But love to have you. Uh, got anything to say about cigars or anything to say about the you ever show? Have a we job just had? that you absolutely hated that like you didn't last a long time at. Um, for a short period of time, I worked because I worked for myself my whole life. But I got a little thing in between something uh, while I was going to broadcasting school to be a DJ. And I worked at DBX Electronics in Waltham. And we made noise reduction systems, believe yeah. it or not. And being a DJ out there, oh, I'd want a noise reduction system mm-hmm. on my DJ panel to, to do it. But I couldn't afford the equipment that we built. It was high-end stuff, and there was no way I could afford it. And that was it. And I stayed maybe about six months Going through that broadcasting thing. Your last name ends in a vowel. You couldn't make one disappear out the back door? Yeah, n- never it's was never that been guy. <laughs> ne- never did that. Um, but that was it. That, uh, it's interesting to me that um, the older people have early on jobs, and the younger people, you can, older, the younger that they wait until. They can uh, have a legitimate job, I guess. But those other jobs were for the kids, you know, with the fast food and the newspaper delivery. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there even newspaper delivery anymore? I don't even know if they uh, Yeah, there, there, there still is. But yeah. uh, I think it's adults that do adults it. They're not sending car. eight-year-old kids yeah. out. Nobody going yeah. out on their bike, throwing them and missing yeah. your lawn by a half a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's probably Asian people making DBX stuff because I, I own a DBX 286S channel strip. And we got DBX right here at 266XX. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I didn't even know. Is it, mm-hmm. it's no longer made in the U.S.? It's made in China? I'm guessing. So after all these years, I can't afford a DBX. <laughs> you have a DBX thing. <laughs> you own one and you didn't I know it. One. I'd no. say my first job, the, the one working with my, for my dad at 50 cents an hour, I hate construction. I hated it then. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. But your brother took to it. He didn't have to go. That's what we figured out later on in life. Why is he into construction and I'm not? And it's because he didn't have to go. I had to go. And he probably wanted to. Right. See, I hated computers. It took me 33 years to get out of that. (laughs) But you didn't obviously hate it when you started because you got into it for some reason, right? I had a degree in English. What the hell else was I going (laughs) to do? I wonder why it's too late to ask them now, but maybe for next year. Why did they get into the cigar industry? Mm. But maybe they're not going to say, I did it for the money. I'm ch-, you right. know, A lot of these guys were at the beginning of the cigar boom, and it looked like this was the, the thing. Uh, the crazy person is me that got in in 85. Is like, what the hell did you do there? Obviously, wasn't cha- I, was, I was chasing a, a diminishing industry, uh, but I liked it. But there may be some of these guys that did it because they just love it, and that's it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it's Steve Saka. Because I pushed him. I pushed him as a customer in the computer industry that was making a lot of money. And I said, you love it so much. You should go with what you love and you'll never have to work again. And now he's working his ass off and saying, you lied to me. (laughs) (laughs) You ever get fired from a job? Nope. I got fired as a busboy once. That's where I learned the valuable lesson that every... Every job is everybody's job when you're working on a team. Mm. You don't say, that's not my job, that's not my job. And I never said it out loud. I just didn't do that job. And I could see it needed to be done, but I didn't do it and fired. 
I was only fired from one job five years ago. A uh, guy decided he couldn't afford me anymore, and I wound up here at Two Guys. Well, that yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. What a ridiculous story I, that is. I never got officially fired. Yeah, you always gave your letter of resignation before the pink slip came down. We'd usually have a conversation and decide that there was a mutual interest in my departure, and that would come with, you know, six months severance. That's good. That's always good, because I wanted to leave anyway. Wow. Got anything to say about cigars? We, during the show, we did the two Lagianas, the Natural and Maduro, and we did the Sereno XX Maduro, which I relit and went back to, because those other ones were awful small. We nubbed them all. And uh, Sereno XX, man, I forget about that cigar sometimes. I go back to it. That's an interesting cigar. You go to the Connecticut, which is very good. Mm-hmm. But I, good. Go, I go to the Maduro on that. Am I starting to change? The, I'm liking the Maduro all of a the sudden. The specific size on that, too, uh, for me anyways, is the sublime size. The regular Toro is okay, and the, the Robusto they have is, is good, but there's something different about that sublime, the additional couple ring gauge. It just it just scratches the itch for me. And Barry, you mentioned on the show that Romacraft, who's sponsoring this show, uh, they have some sort of gift pack they're putting together? Neck for 2020, which will be their 10th anniversary. They'll be putting out a... Excuse me, a Grand Perfecto sampler, which will have a 60 ring gauge Perfecto for one of each cigar in their line. Everything's a 60 ring gauge. Everything's a 60. Well, Perfecto, Perfecto. you can cut it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, kind of that cartoon shape. Cartoon shape. What I'll say there is Skip makes a lot of shaped cigars and works of art and some beautiful things. And the problem, if I can say so, is. We're, we're waiting on cigars. We don't have any cigars. We get a lot of things back ordered, and that's because you slow down production to make these fancy things when your regular meat and potatoes cigars need to be made. So please. Well, you don't have a crystal ball into his factory. You don't know that that's what's happening. What if he hired two special rollers and that their job is the special projects to keep him mm-hmm. occupied yeah. and the regular rollers are doing their thing? And the Baku is shipping in two weeks, which is Cameroon wrapper cigar. Yeah. Um, so we should have that in phase one is two weeks and phase two is two weeks after that. So within the next month, we'll have the bucket. So phase one and phase two means some people are going to get it on phase one. Some people are getting phase I'm two. I'm hoping he means he's going to send half the order uh, in two weeks and then the other half to two weeks after that. But I don't know how he's planning on doing it. People are asking for it. There's no doubt yes. about it. Got a lot of buzz, and people are saying <coughs> uh, with the Cameroon, what's the, what's the deal here? Although he uses a Cameroon binder on on things and stuff, but uh, Cameroon uh, was so hot at one time, and uh, I don't know, it's just not getting popular. It's not happening. It's not. I don't think it's as Cameroon is as good as it used to be. No, but I think there's going to be a little bit of a Cameroon boon in 2020. Yeah. I mean, we got the, uh, we smoked uh, a sample of somebody else using a Cameroon that's grown in Honduras. Yes. And yeah, that's uh, good. you got skips coming out and maybe the start of a Cameroon boom. All right. Especially if you're going back and revisiting old brands to yeah. put out with the predicate date and all that, that maybe had a Cameroon wrapper at one point. Yeah. And I think we're about to see a Cameroon boom. All right. All right. But they don't have to Boom. put Cameroon on it. They just have to keep the box count the same. It, it can be a completely different cigar and name change if but they want. Cameroon's being grown in other areas now. Yeah. And some of them are getting it right. Back in the day, man, it was the hottest thing between Partagas, all the mm-hmm. Toro Fuente. Um, there was so much Cameroon being used. With all of the, the stuff, and I've said this before, with, with all the technology they have for growing, why can't they just get a soil sample? 
and make the soil in Honduras exactly the same chemically as it is in Africa. And then you have the exact product. You, you got to find the same climate too. Is yeah, it not the same climate? Doesn't it have something to do with the rains in Africa? There's a song about it. There's a song about it. Speaking of songs, it's Rocktober. It is. And uh, a little secret thing that goes on on one of the podcasts called Dueling Comedians is uh, this guy, Laugh Track Larry, funny guy, and Tony V, we've had on the show, Tony V, um, do this daily Rocktober thing where they talk about music. If you're into music, uh, I, I haven't missed an episode yet. And uh, you go kind of deep on a different act each time. And between Laugh Track Larry, who you'll, when you hear the voice, you may recognize. You, you may... said who it was last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's no secret anymore. It's still a secret. If you didn't listen, you got to go back. Barry's not a fan. Not a fan? Of Laugh Track. Of Laugh Track, Larry. Oh, no, you was creeped out yeah, by Yeah, the laughing. voice is it sounding like my deceased great aunt. Yeah. But uh, did you listen to uh, Rocktober? Uh, I've listened to the, the f first one. Yeah. Uh, and we spoke about some of the future of Rocktobers. Yeah. And, you guys uh, go, you go deep and you tell me things I didn't know about the band, uh, of the different bands each time. I, I learned I, something each time. It's a very short thing, but... Uh, yeah, most of them are five minutes. Yeah, I did some politicking that one of the bands for October needs to be a heavy metal band. But I don't know because they're old guys. But I'll tell you, name somebody. even bands that they don't like, you put in there, but then you, you um, <laughs> eviscerate you them. Yeah, yeah, you bash on them. But we, we I, I understand why because you explain why. We, I we didn't bashed know. on Led Zeppelin pretty bad. Yeah. And I didn't know why. Yeah. And then I said, oh, my God, you know, I didn't know that song was this song. And, yeah. you know, this is what they did and that they rip off people and all this stuff. And Terrible people. Comedians have a problem with people ripping off their <laughs> material. Uh, but you don't. But you do. Well, a little bit. Yeah. So, anyway, check that out. And uh, every podcast uh, that's on the United Podcast Network TV, you'll see them all there. And check them out. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Cigar Authority where we have Richard Hacker. He is the author of The Ultimate Cigar Book. It's been out for a long time. He, he came out with that in the early 90s. He has the fourth edition out. And uh, this was mandatory reading here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Uh, and you'll see why when we talk to him. So check that out. That's it. See you next time. And uh, stick the lid end in your mouth. You'll like how it tastes. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.